Welcome back to Yes, You Can Lead, a podcast about life and leadership lessons from me, your host, Chip Nightingale. Last time we were together, we talked about three reasons why leading is about people. The three reasons were the greatest commandment is love God and love people. The second one was Jesus cares for people. And he gave us four examples of what that looks like. Number one was loving people starts with a conversation. And number two, loving people is listening to them. Number three, loving people means leading them to what they need. And finally, the fourth thing was loving people leads them to lead others. And the third and final point that we talked about the last time we were together was in order to lead, we must care for people. If you missed us, I would encourage you to go back to episode number two, Leading is About People. I know it'll be a great encouragement to you as it was a huge encouragement to me and I've already been able to use some of the things that we learned together to to put into practice just in the last week. So today, in episode three, we are going to talk about the three reasons why leaders need to be people-driven more than they are task-driven. So let's dive right in. Just yesterday, I spent some time with a friend who was struggling with some vision issues that he was having, and really, he was just feeling burned out, and he was trying to understand why he was feeling burned out, and he has these volunteers, and they've been committed to a certain level, but he can't get them fully engaged, and through the midst of our conversation, I began to realize that the thing he was struggling with was his own desires were overshadowing his vision. And he said this phrase that I thought was very, very important. He said, my personal goals seem to be in conflict with my vision. And the reason he got to that place was that he was moving past the people that God has placed in his life for him to lead. And now the buy-in that he had with those people is diminishing because the goals for whatever reason, has shifted away from the true vision that was placed on his heart many, many months ago. John Maxwell says all the time that when he goes into a room to get fresh new ideas, he goes to listen to his people, not to go and control his people. Why does he do this? It's John Maxwell. Think about it. He can go in and everybody's going to sit there and listen to whatever he says. He's He's arguably the greatest leader, at least the greatest trainer of leaders throughout all of the world. And But when he goes into a room, he cares about the ideas from his team more than he cares about the idea he has on his heart. So why does he do this? The reason he does this is because he knows that by listening, he is showing that he cares more for people and through that... He is building passion and desire for the outcome of the vision. Sounds like the body of Christ. It's it's the example Paul gives us when he says, we need all the pieces of the body to work together. Because if we don't have all the pieces working together, then we just have one individual that's going after their goals and they're leaving a bunch of people behind. And ultimately what ends up happening is we don't reach our goals. So the thing I want to talk about today is three signs of a people-driven leader. Sign number one, people-driven leaders are always looking for ways to take care of their people. 
Let me say that again. People-driven leaders are always looking for ways to take care of their people. And how do they do that? By looking out for them, even when they don't know though they need it. Just giving you an example of that, I, as a lead pastor, would constantly be listening to my team. And through prayer requests, through uh, conversations, things would come up and you would begin to realize specific needs that they had. And I would jot those needs down. Then I would find ways to help them with those needs. And the reason was, was because I wanted, first of all, for them to see that I was listening to them. And secondly, I wanted them to know that I cared for them. That it wasn't just about hearing their needs. It was about helping them to um, fulfill those needs. The other thing I think is so important is we need to celebrate their victories. When we are task-driven, we get into this place where we're so focused on the task that we forget about celebrating the actual event that took place, the accomplishment to get to the place where we are at. And we don't celebrate. Celebrating victories is so important if you are going to be a people-driven leader. We need to celebrate the accomplishment. We need to celebrate all the work that went into it. We need to celebrate the individuals who are part of the victory and accomplishing the work. Why? Because it shows we care for people. The other reason is that it gives your team opportunity to grow in what they are doing. So if we are people-driven leaders, we will give our team opportunities to grow in what they are doing. And this can happen through multiple things, training and development, future opportunities. Sometimes those future opportunities may be with another organization. One of the things that we did when we began to hire new pastors was we had to change our mode of thinking. My good friend David Ashcraft, who is the pastor of LCBC Church, thing he told me that was so important was is that you don't hire people with the hopes that you're going to have them for eternity. You hire people to give them what they need so they can accomplish their future opportunities. Maybe that future opportunity is going to be with you, but it's possible that future opportunity is going to be with someone else. That's caring more for people than caring for the task or the needs that I might have as a leader. So number one, people-driven leaders are always looking for ways to take care of their people. Number two, people-driven leaders communicate. This is one of those areas that drives me nuts. And there's times when um, we have to be careful with what we communicate, but if we truly care about the people that we are leading, we need to give them all the information they need to accomplish their tasks. That Now, understand something. I did not say they need all the information. They just need all the information to be able to accomplish their task. We must be honest. And that also means we must be honest when they're not doing a very good job. We must be honest when we think that they may not be a right fit. We must be honest in all circumstances if we are truly going to be considered a people-driven leader. 
So communication is huge. Be honest in that communication. Another thing is, is we, we need to give them all the information they need to get the job done. Too many times, it's like we're holding back. And information is king. Have you, have you noticed that in the workplace? Information is king. The more information I have, the more power I have. Well, that is not a great attribute of a people-driven leader. You're not supposed to hang on to things. You're supposed to basically flush things out or hand things out so we can accomplish more tasks together. I love what uh, Google does, and their their goal is ultimately to create processes to eliminate jobs. Basically, they, they want to create a software program that can do the job so that they can do more jobs. Ultimately, they are, are encouraging their people to work themselves out of a job. Now, we know that by them doing that, they're just going to go on to another step within that organization. But it, it really signifies the importance of them having enough information. If they don't have enough information, there's no way that they can accomplish um, working through processes. So a people-driven leader has to communicate all of the right essentials in order for them to be effective in creating a process to eliminate their job. Number three, they need to maximize the potential of their people. They need to maximize the potential of their people. And how do we do that? We need to know the gifts of the people and find ways to use those gifts. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made in the very first hire at our church was that I was forcing that individual to fit in a mold of what I wanted them to do instead of putting them in the mold of what they were capable of doing. Sometimes that might mean that we need to move that individual on to a, a place where they can be used to their full potential, maybe a different organization or in our case, a different church. But sometimes that might mean we just need to fit them in the place where they're supposed to be in the body of Christ. That even though we had hired this individual to be a youth pastor, his gift was actually in teaching and with young adults. And it would have been so much easier if we would have just transitioned him over there. Instead, we just tried to keep struggling through it and it just created conflict. So it's important that as leaders, we know the gifts of the people we are leading and find ways to use those gifts. If we can't, we need to help them to go to a place where they can use those gifts. I think this is probably one of the largest mistakes that pastors and church leaders make today. We hire people. We, we bring them in and say, hey, we're going to hire a youth pastor slash uh, whatever. Throw it in there, worship leader or slash uh, um, young adults pastor or slash small group leaders. And, and what we end up doing is that we put out this uh, um, job description of what we want. We have all these people that apply for that job and they interview really well. But after the interview and spending time with them for a year, we realize that they're not good at it at all. And now we're stuck. So what do we do? 
Well, we typically, we just keep forcing them to do that with hopes that they'll either just leave or that they'll figure it out. Well, maybe we need to take a different approach as, as church leaders. And yes, we hire people that have those skills. And, and how we adjust it is what we begin to train the leaders within our church instead of going outside the church so that we already knew the people. So we knew what they were gifted at. Anytime we hired someone that was outside of the church, it never worked exactly the way we wanted to. We had to make adjustments. But as church leaders, we need to be willing to make those adjustments. As business leaders, the exact same thing. It's so much easier to train up people that we already know have those gifts than it is to try and find people that will fit within those gifts. I work for a very large organization called Word of Life today, and our whole purpose is to train young people to take over our jobs. But I can tell you that if we would really train those people, not only would we not lose our job, but we would be able to minister to even more people. We just have to change the way we think. We need to stop thinking about getting just the task done. We need to actually think about the people. So the three things we talked about that I think are really important for understanding what it means to be a people-driven leader is number one, people-driven leaders are always looking for ways to take care of people. And number two, people-driven leaders communicate. They're not afraid to communicate and they're not afraid to communicate truth. Number three, they maximize the potential of their people. Now, I know there's a lot of other things out there that we could talk about, but I, I want to keep this simple. I want to keep it short. I want you to want to come back and get more information. So with these three points, I hope that this podcast encourages you today. It is so important that we understand why we are leading. And I hope you're getting uh, at least a glimpse of my heartbeat. My heartbeat is about people. And ultimately, the reason that my heartbeat is about people is because it was a person who gave me a second chance when I didn't deserve it. Many of us fit in that category. And if it weren't for the fact that someone was willing to love me and invest in me, there is no way I would be where I am today. So if you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a favor? One, share this podcast with every one of your friends. You can easily do this by sharing this on any of your social media platforms. You can also like us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And maybe there is a topic you would like for us to discuss. Share those with us as well. We really do want to grow in our understanding of leadership together with you. Write a review. Please make some comments and let us know what you think of this podcast. Thank you again for taking this time to be with us. We look forward to connecting with you again. And until next time, this is Chip Nightingale and yes, you.